So, well, we are all friends here. So, any questions tonight? Any any thoughts to what we should carefully consider? Karnamrita, it's got the flag up. Yeah, well, uh, we talked about this before, but uh, I was thinking in terms of the power of faith, and I was thinking in terms of um, a number of angles. One is a uh, um, the Gita verse that says, we are our faith. And then I was thinking of uh, Kapila's instructions. He talks about devotional service in the modes of nature. So we could say it's a kind of faith, you know, you have, it's in devotional service in relation to Krishna, but it's in passion, ignorance, or goodness, or transcendental. So it's just interesting, um, just looking at faith from, you know, faith. and in an assembly of devotees and how you respond kind of to the atmosphere of faith. I'm just thinking of when you first came here ten years ago and now. Created a faithful environment from a rather unfaithful <laughs> environment. We were very fortunate, some of us um, um, disciples of Prabhupada, to enter into uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a very uh, faithful environment. I mean, it was faith filled, hmm? faithful, faith filled. Um, and Prabhupada, of course, created that by his, by his persona, but uh, there was no real. Uh, opposition to that, if you will. There was a little bit sometimes that we'd hear about maybe from him, either indirectly from him with regard to some of the differences between himself and his, his godbrothers and their inability to understand um, what he was doing and what it was about and so forth, some confusion about us and what we were and whether we were what we were supposed to be and that kind of thing. And And he had some other more subtle and some more direct opposition to what he was doing that was largely based on a misunderstanding, I think, of something that was very extraordinary, which was maybe lent itself to be misunderstood. I mean, Prabhupada was very instrumental, as we know, in fulfilling, in a sense, or to a large extent, the, the prophecy of found in Chaitanya Bhagavata through the pen of Vrindavan Das Thakur, Mahaprabhu says, my, my name will be heard in every town and village. Prithiviti achi jata nagaradi gram sarvata pacharhoivi monam. As I understand it, this came to be, this is a statement of hundreds of years ago, that uh, it's like Jesus said, I'm coming again. <laughs> they keep putting the date off and, uh, you know, then they, after a while in Christianity, they started to reason, well, he came again as the church when the church, the Catholic Church was formed. This is the second coming, and so they, some people are still expecting him, you know, any, any minute now. Um, in fact, I heard there's this extraordinary kind of lining up of the, some planets, the moon and the sun and Mars or something like that. And the blood moon or something. Someone's written a book about it, and it's definitely happening now. <laughs> um, so the, you know, this is the prophecy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that 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 it would seem in the early early Gaudiya Vaishnavism uh, the um, the Gaudias were were thinking he's going to this is going to happen he's going to go to every town and and, and and village going all over the world um, 
And, of course, the world only got bigger and the wait got longer, you know, for that to happen. The world didn't get the world. What was the world in the uh, the time and in the, in the thought of Vrindavan Das Thakur? India wasn't even a, a, a sovereign state. It was many different kingdoms and uh, and so forth. And, and uh, what was the information about worlds across the ocean is about as much information as we have probably about the moon. Hmm? Some people wonder if we even went. I don't know. <laughs> I believe so. But uh, but but at any rate, uh, the, as I say, the world has only expanded and the time for his name to be heard in every town and village has uh, uh, probably extended beyond what the persons reading that in the early days thought it was implying or uh, saying. Um, and as I understand it, over time, it started to be reasoned about. Hmm. And maybe the earlier thinking about what it meant, because it didn't happen like that, was reasoned into something like you know, more in a, in a, I don't know exactly the reasoning, but I've heard kind of they thought it was kind of a metaphor for saying this is, this is going to um, be contagious, it's going to spread, you know, in India, uh, which is the land of Dharma and, and so on and so forth, but not to the you know the lands outside of Dharma or something like that. So they reasoned about it. But as I say, in the, you know, and we know as the person in, of of Prabhupada and in our particular family, Parivar of Bhaktivinoda, where this this idea, so to speak, was revisited and envisioned as a distinct uh, objective possibility. Hmm? Um, uh, then taking the idea of Thakur Bhakti Vinod, the conception Bhakti Siddhanta gave some shape to that to make like a, you know, mission to go out and and um, and, and Christianity was direct, indirectly involved, of course, in it by having a mission and coming to India and trying to convert everybody and and so forth. So then he gave some shape to it and Prabhupada and the language of Sridhar took it all around the world and and to a large extent, I mean, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the name of Chaitanya, we're still working on it, but it's it's getting around um, to uh, every town and, and, and village, sometimes with not the best reputation, unfortunately, so we have still work on that, but um, but at any rate, he uh, he was very instrumental in, 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 in taking that statement and giving it some kind of literal... Uh, Accuracy more so than it was thought was 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 possible. Hmm. So he was doing something very extraordinary. That for hundreds of years it was thought that's not exactly what was meant. And that's never going to happen. And and those people, it's impossible for them to you know, take this up. Um, even ordinary dharma, religious life, given their background and and, and so forth. What to speak of the parodharma of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that steps on the head of of the religious ideas of the Hindus and uh, um, and exonerates one from even the, the religious law and so forth. Hmm? Bhagavatam is like understood through Gaudiya Vaishnavism, like the New Testament of the of the Vedas, where the law is replaced with the love and and. Uh, Dharma's rules, which are many, are 
the, 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 the head of that is stepped on. And we were reading in the mornings from the Pana Vrindavan Das Chaitanya Bhagavat. And at this time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is taking, has taken sannyas. It's such a dramatic, such a traumatic uh, affair. Hmm. While the sannyas is endearing to us because it's the way in which he comes to us, he personifies the teachings and teaches Rupa and Sanatana and empowers them to carry on the teachings and, and to systematize them and form them into a, a lineage and um, and, and make uh, the ideas, the concepts approachable. At the same time, it's it's the death knell of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, whose ideal is ours. We want to enter into Navadip and, and go hand in hand with Nimai Pandit in, in Kirtan and, and to bathe in the Ganges. And, and uh, the idea of his leaving there, taking sannyas, is, is very painful. To the um, to the, the, the residents, hmm. uh, very uh, at any rate, got a little sidetracked. The very compelling um, section, very beautiful, hmm. is our ideal to enter into Navadvip. Hmm. That is the hidden Vrindavan, Gupta Vrindavan. There, there, your place in Vrindavan will also be known. Even the closer we come to Gore, Prabodhananda hmm. Saraswati said very nicely. The closer you come to Gore, the closer you come to Radha. That is a fact. Hmm? That is the, the secret. Prabhupada said it in another way. My place of worship is Navadvip. My place of residence is Vrindavan. Worship in Navadvip, live in Vrindavan. Hmm? It's amazing how this point is lost in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Sometimes people say, Maharaji talks so much about Lord Chaitanya. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> It's supposed to be Krishna consciousness. It's kind of the feeling behind the, the question. <laughs> Chaitanya is Krishna. That's difficult to to, to understand. Mm. But at any rate, um, you know, he went outside of Navadvip. He shared it with the greater part of India. He went to the south and so forth. The next generation has some canvassing to the north, Narutam taking to Manipur and so forth. Uh, the Prabhupada in a very extraordinary way did something that uh, that 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 people weren't expecting it was difficult to understand is it really happening and it happened so fast and uh, and so forth that uh, so to get back to the point I mean some people found it hard to believe it was what was happening was actually happening hmm? and doubted it and so forth so I want to give them some benefit of the doubt even though they were in opposition, in a sense, to my Guru Maharaj's um, mission. and uh, I can understand why they had some doubts about it. Was it really happening? You know, it's like... Uh, somebody goes to... You know, suddenly, uh, Dulal Chandra goes to China, you know, and he, he sends back why <laughs> he sends back letters. It's happening over here. I'm making lots of devotees, and we're going. Well, good luck with that. You know. Hope it works out. You know, be sure not to eat any insects while you're there. You know, <laughs> or, you know oh, it's really happening. You know, I've got temples now, and I need some support. You know, can you send some money? And well, you know, we're all old. You know, and <laughs> he is too. And we're thinking, yeah, I know, do all. You know. <laughs> 
So, you know, something like that. And something very extraordinary was happening, you know. And the Prabhupada himself was looking at himself. Is this happening to me? And how is it? How, why me? That's how he thought. It's happening to me. He, he himself had to kind of pinch himself sometimes. Is this happening to me? Uh, and I'm giving out the name and experimenting to see what, what will, you know, what will transpire and so forth. So some people had some, some doubt about him. And sometimes a little of that doubt about Prabhupada's Credibility, you know, leaked a little bit. Didn't have much room, though, in in Prabhupada's because he had created this huge uh, kind of uh, world of, of of faith. So we were fortunate to enter into a world of of faith. And today, you you enter into Gaudiya Vaishnavism having gotten some faith from Sadhusanga, and all kind of doubts come up about. Who's in charge? Who's not? Who should be? Shouldn't be? Is there anybody in charge? Uh, should there be a guru? Should I have one or two or four or none? Or you know, it's very, uh, <laughs> very, it's very different. It's very, uh, uh, but you know that uh, it's a, a stage, I suppose, of its further dissemination, and it, it lends to questions like this and understanding faith, and so. Um, you're right. I mean, I came here and it was not a faith-filled, at least in relation to me, an environment. So now, the day before I came, somebody put a letter in everybody's mailbox, you know, not to listen, not to go and listen to him. I think that would be, that would be, that would be a huge problem. And so, uh, yeah, that's, what, <laughs> that's how it started. <laughs> Pardon me? We're going to have third initiation. Here, yeah, yeah. Some devotees will be initiated tomorrow. I do like to give initiations here. Prophet had a little bit of that in him too, you know. So, but, <laughs> but, and I just came, you know, by invitation. You're a good in- invitation. The two of you had moved here and uh, so on. I was fortunate that the deities have always, uh, they were the original deities of the temple, they were always residing here. So I always reasoned, well, the deities don't mind. I, you know, <laughs> might want to think about that, how that works. And what is your faith? Do you believe the deities have life and they move according to their own will? Or They came here after you started coming here. Uh-huh. They came just after, and then they stayed. And then I wasn't allowed in the other temple where there was no deities. <laughs> Why would you go? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in that way. But yeah, we've, we've, we've been able to create a faithful um, environment, help some, some, some devotees, and I'm very thankful for that um, opportunity. But um, faith is a big uh, topic. You, you raised some points in relation to it. Um, the subject comes up in the Gita, as you said, and there it is said, Shraddhayam Purushoho, a person is their faith. Shraddha means faith. Ayam Purusha, a person is their faith. It's a very nice statement. It's, it's, it's very beautiful and very profound, and it's not something you have to believe in. It's just something you have to think about and go, yeah, well, that, that's true. That makes sense. A person is their faith. A faith, I like to extend upon that is the animating 
kind of principle hmm, in our lives. If we have faith, then we can go forward. Sridhar Maharaj would like to cite, said it in another way, that suspicion leads to suspension. So our animation can be suspended as much as we're suspicious about whether or not doing that will be efficacious, whatever it may be, hmm? religious or secular. Hmm? So it's uh, it's nice to look at the concept of faith in that way, in a broad sense, beyond religious faith, but just as the very animating principle in life. And um, and it, it expresses itself in different in different ways. And as the Gita mentions, that uh, there are, there is Arjuna basically asks about it, and he says, "What is the position of people who? Um, what does he say? He, they they believe, but they don't follow according to the scripture, something like that. Hmm? According to Revelation, they have some faith, but then Krishna says, "Well, there's faith in different modes of nature." Hmm? Sattva, Rajas, and Thomas. In the Bhagavatam, uh, where there's a kind of a sequel to the Gita, in the form of the Uddhava Gita, where Krishna speaks to Uddhava. And um, there Krishna says that there are four types of faith. There's faith in, uh, in the, in the um, Tamagun and Rajagun and Sattvagun, and then there's transcendental faith. Um, faith in Rajas and Thomas corresponds with this description in the in, in the Gita course and faith in in the uh, in the sattva mood, which I believe in the Gita Krishna identifies with faith in what the devas, the gods and goddesses. In uh, in Bhagavatam he says uh, faith in Atma. Hmm. It's a very important point, actually, faith in Atma. Atma means the self, and the self is, is transcendental. But faith in the Atma, and even experience of the Atma, hmm, is falls short of a fully transcendental experience hmm, to enter into transcendence, into Brahman, to to be preoccupied with. Uh, with, with Paramatma, or to enter into the Leela of Bhagavan. This is that world from which there is no return. Hmm? But uh, often we misconstrue the idea that the experience of the self in itself is transcendent, hmm? but not according to Bhag- Bhagavatam, not according to the Gita. It is sattvic. Hmm? And it's the kind of penultimate state, if you will, for entering into transcendence, which requires something from that side. Hmm? So, a Socrates, you know, when, I guess we don't know, we just know what we hear, and we would evaluate that and analyze that from the context of our own um, culture and so forth, and say uh, that uh, something like uh, Jivan Mukti. Hmm. He understood the self and his life, but did he enter into Brahman? Hmm. Yeah. That remains, uh, you know, an unanswered uh, question. And that's where we see, in places, Prabhupada speaks about, oh, if they, if they, impersonalists can fall down. It means from the Jivan Mukta position, hmm. the Jivan Mukti to Videha Mukti. 
Videha, beyond the body. Jivanmukta implies within the body. At present and so forth. So anyway, and beyond faith in Atma, faith in Atma means also, this is a very sattvic idea, it means that I know, I understand the even theoretically, this is sattvic influence, um, uh, even experientially I'm saying sattvic influence, I understand the difference between consciousness and matter. It's a point we bring up, you know, again and again. It's, it's, it need to be a very basic point, entry point, that without understanding in a living sense uh, inhibits our actual understanding of every other aspect of Krishna consciousness, understanding which makes every aspect of Krishna consciousness believable and visible. Hmm? You believe what you see. People say, I believe it if I see it. We agree with that in one sense. I say, if you hear properly, you will see. And if you see, you will believe. And that will show up in how you act. Hmm? So there are many unbelievable things about uh, Krishna conscious theology in a sense. I mean, hard to believe. They don't, they don't kind of work with the reason they don't fit in within the range of our experience how that could happen you say well reason is limited and so on and so forth but all those things become truly believable just by crossing this one divide hmm? from identifying with matter to identifying with consciousness what possibilities lie there are unbelievable hmm? you just entered into a world that can't be described even just the world of this, the atman self, it's just, you can't, you can't say what it is. Hmm? You, because you, you can't define it, because it's not like anything. As I've often said, we define things by making comparisons, and there's no thing that's like it. Hmm? So we were lost and found at the same time, entering there, and all possibilities, I mean, all religious possibilities that people talk about, mystics experience, the leelas of Krishna, they all become so... Uh, it's it's not a question of believable. You're in a different soil altogether, hmm? and what grows there is is. Yeah. I told before one person asked me once, "Is there any real sex life in Krishna Leela? I mean, real." <laughs> I, said, I said, "You don't understand. There's no real sex life here." Hmm. Yeah. No, this anyway. It's a way of saying. It's uh, all possibilities there, hmm. and what here is very own shadow of, of those possibilities, very limited. Hmm. So, of course, by good company, we can get that kind of then from atmic, sattvic faith to Krishna says, and faith in bhakti, hmm. and me, that is transcendental. Hmm. So, we can have faith in Krishna. And, and to have faith in Krishna means to have faith in the efficacy of bhakti hmm? and, and be under the influence of transcendental faith. Hmm? That means uttam bhakti. This is, the, this is then, you got it, like you're a carry, card-carrying member, you're, you're in, you know. You, the faith has been generated by association and, and still you are, you are influenced by rajaguna, tamaguna, Hopefully, Satvaguna sometimes too, and 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 you have faith in the efficacy of bhakti. You don't have faith in gyan and in, in yoga as a as a means, or in karma marg. These things no longer they have no power. 
to um, influence you because you don't have faith in them. Your faith has been awakened in bhakti. Mm -hmm. And um, still you're an ordinary person in many respects uh, otherwise, but this is a big, big difference mm -hmm. that uh, will end up in a very different, different, resulting, you're ending up in a very different place. You might be in the same place, but you know, it's like you take two lines and you just, just make a little difference here and they go along like this, they look pretty parallel to it. And after a while, it's uh, they're quite different. They're going in very different directions. Mm -hmm. So that is our, our course and that is the result of, of Sadhu Sangha. Mm -hmm. and, um, and while there is bhakti in different modes of nature, that is another thing. Mm -hmm. You see, it's not that I'm in, I'm influenced with a mode of ignorance, so my bhakti must be in the mode of ignorance. That depends on your orientation. If you have orientation to and faith thereby, in uttam bhakti, then you're engaged in uttam sadhana bhakti. Hmm? Uttam bhakti means that anyabilashita sunyam gyan kamadi anavritam manukulena krishna anushilam bhakti uttam. Hmm? This definition of Rupa Goswami drawn from Bhagavatam, drawn from the Narad Sutras, and as he has cited verses from there to um, support his own verse. Um, this is this is this is like the central verse of the whole Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu unfolds from this one verse. Prabhupada called the book the the science of Bhakti Yoga or something like that. Well that's a the summary study of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. This is a huge contribution, Rupa Goswami. So there's no book like this that's been written. The closest thing that you could get to it would be like the Narada Bhakti Sutras, and they're very um, um, limited in terms of the explanation, elucidation on the nature of, of, of Bhakti. It's a very, very extraordinary uh, text and contribution to the world. Hmm? Bhakti, the idea of devotion, love, you know, he's really done a wonderful thing there, and the commentaries on it are very um, insightful, of course, as to what he's actually saying. Um, so, we can be participants in Uttam Bhakti as sadhakas, and we can be participants as Bhava Bhaktas, we can be participants as Prem Bhaktas, which is the ideal. So, you may be a sadhaka. And you may be influenced by the modes of nature, which is, this is the state, the condition of the sadhaka. Baba bhakti means liberation, and still there's more to go, to develop from there. But you can be a sadhaka of uttam bhakti. This is a point that's misunderstood. People think, I become an uttam bhakti when I have no influence of the modes of nature. and and uh, uh, no, You can be an uttam bhakti of the sadhaka type category. And just the generosity of bhakti, and there's no other way. I mean, there's nothing that can qualify you more than bhakti. So, and bhakti is very generous. So, uh, you do something else and get qualified, and then, and then, then you'll do you'll you'll do bhakti. This is a very big misunderstanding. Hmm? Um, we were talking about uh, Ram Leela a little bit in relation to Gaudiya Vaishnavism on the Ram Nomi that just passed, the appearance day of Ram, Ram Chandra. And uh, I brought up the story of Valmiki and how he wrote the 
Ramayana. You know the story, he was a killer, a murderer. And uh, Narada approached him and said, you know, it's not a good thing what you're doing. And, and, and I know it's, you're supporting your family by that, but you know, um, are, are they prepared to accept not only the fruits of your murdering and pillaging that's supporting them, but also the consequences that will come that are a part of it? Go home and ask them. Hmm? Go home and ask your wife who keeps sending you out here for more. I mean, it could have been the other way around, but uh, and it often is, but this is the, c the circumstance in this ca instance. And so, <laughs> so he, you know, he went and said, you know, I, I, you know, I met this guy, and you know, I know you're going to be with me on this. You know, we're together. And I just wanted to lay it out, you know, make it clear that you know we're enjoying uh, the fruits of my occupation, if you can call it that. And there, there are other fruits that are yet to come, and that includes we're going to hell, and you know, <laughs> so just want to make sure you know we're in this together. You know, well, she was only in for part of the ride, you know, in her own, her own thinking and so forth. So it made him rethink, and uh, and so, so Nard created a, a teachable moment here, and uh, by his, his expertise and. An opening for wow! I thought we were, you know, uh, till death do we part, or if it goes on beyond that, but we were soulmates in this, you know. And uh, it's not the case. So Nard advised him that to uh, cease from such and to chant the name of Ram, and that he had a problem with that because he was preoccupied with death and murder and. Death is uh, in Sanskrit is, is is Mara, which is kind of the opposite of Rama, <laughs> and so he was advised uh, by Narada when to chant the name of Rama. But he said, I, you know, I find that hard. You know, I'm like that's such a good thing, such a high thing that you're talking about, and I'm preoccupied with such that uh, you're talking about something that's about immortal life, and I'm, I'm preoccupied with death. That's been my whole orientation. And bringing it about, and so, like, I'm not like qualified, or I, I, I don't. It, that, that's not a good fit for me. I appreciate what you're saying, but it's a stretch. He's saying that we would say, of course, yeah, this guy's totally unqualified. You know, forget about him. Yeah. But this was not Nard's perspective, and of course, the, the, he he was very um, uh, spiritually shastra nipuna. You know, he was a scripturally very uh, much a genius, and so he said, well, here, you do it like this. Then you chant death, death, you chant Mara, 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 and just keep chanting. And of course, if you keep chanting, you can try it, Mara, Mara, it turns into Rama, Rama, Rama. And um, it's a nice story to make a point. And what happened was that all the leelas of Ram in due course appeared in his heart. Hmm? What's in a name? Hmm? I say. So much is in the name, more in the name than the named, although they're the same. Hmm? There's still more in the name than the named. The name is more generous. Hmm? And people want to do Lila Kata, good, Lila Kirtan, hmm? for example. Uh, I met one fellow once, big Sahajiya type of person, a long, long time ago. By by the by the interpretation of the word that 
Sunat Sarsri Thakur used to like to use it, who took the ideals cheaply and so forth and got ahead of themselves, so to speak, in the, in the practice. Hmm. Um, weren't focusing on where they were and applying themselves appropriately there, but rather where they should be and without consideration of where they were. Anyway, so he, I talked to him, we were talking, and, and he, I, I mentioned the efficacy of kirtan. He said, yes, kirtan is good, but olila kirtan. By Lila Kirtan, you'll become perfect. And I explained to him, of course, the obvious point that the Lilas are fully present in the name. And uh, and they, we are not told in the scripture that that the, we are told that the Lilas of Krishna are non-different from Krishna. But we are not told that they're also different from Krishna in the way that we are, that the name is different in that the name is more generous and uh, it's a way in which the named outreaches and uh, and uh, through 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 the sadhus through real devotees shows his, his generosity touching down on everybody even if they don't uh, want to participate you know i mentioned this last night we we have emphasis on ears it is said we will see through our through our ears. We say we see through the Shastra, but the means we hear the Shastra with the ears and then we see accordingly, differently than we would with our ordinary eyes. This point is brought up very prominently in Ramananda Samvad, which we've been uh, discussing. And uh, there, you know, Jnane prayasa udapasinamanta eva. Nice verse from Bhagavatam that, that Mahaprabhu said, now you're getting somewhere. We've we got some footing here. Uh, Ramananda Roy was explaining other religious conceptions as to what the ideal of life, religious ideal of life should be. And Mahaprabhu was saying, ah, that's external, that's external. It has to do with the material life and something external from, from the, the world of God, so to speak. Hmm? Hmm. It has to do with wanting to be loved rather than to love, which the latter of which contains being loved within it. Much as we want to be loved, we're not loving, and and, and so we feel unloved. <laughs> that's a that's a difficult lesson to to learn. You have to find the right center, of course, to apply yourself and realize that and apply yourself appropriately. But anyway. Um, Mahaprabhu likes this verse. It's, 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 it talks about the 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 descending nature of bhakti. Bhakti comes into our lives, hmm? and and all we have to do is hear about it hmm? from sadhus, hmm? real sadhus. We just have to hear about it and stay you don't have to move stay where you are don't move just listen hmm? and the nature of the, he- the, the the emphasis here is worth noting because it speaks about hearing and hearing the ears are the senses that that are operative you know if things just go in without trying hmm? it said in sleeping when all the senses are uh, dormant, the ears remain, the sound will wake you. Hmm? Uh, it's kind of, of course, you could shake a guy up too, I suppose, but <laughs> but uh, but the ears are kind of 
um, inactive, but the, the hearing of the kata goes in, or the, or the name goes in, and, and something happens anyway. There's no defense against it. And so this, this statement is made to emphasize the point that it's descending, it's coming down to you, you know, it's not dependent on your effort, and you should make every effort at the same time to take advantage of that descent, as if it was effort-dependent and it's entirely dependent upon uh, the grace of of, 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 of of Bhagwan coming through the sadhus, and I mean it's very different because we we are very accustomed since the time without a beginning of 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 acquiring or going someplace by effort. You know, you don't just open your mouth and food walks in. That's not how the world works. We have to make an effort to get anywhere, to do anything, to, um, and so it's like, calm down, don't do anything, but just make an effort to to hear, hmm? and make an effort to get grace. Use your head to to soften your heart, as I say. These are hard lessons to to learn, actually, and put into into practice. Uh, we're talking about a world that works in an entirely different way. Hmm? You know, I've said it other times uh, that in this world, it's sometimes said you've got to s- step on people's heads to get ahead, and we have to have our heads stepped on to get ahead. This is our method, uh, to put it in simple terms. It's very, very different. So we tend to import into bhakti hmm, our ideas, our, our just without our nature uh, that we've been. You know, we're, we're in an unfriendly territory and we have to uh, get some turf and we got to defend ourselves and, and we have to tend to import this into our practice. Hmm? Um, so habits formed, you know, from youth are difficult to overcome. And this is not to say there's no effort to be made, but an effort to get grace. And it's a, it's a very abstract concept for us. Mm-hmm. Going in a different direction for so for so long. Krishna saying, "I provide for you." You just open your mouth, and the food does walk in. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, the world doesn't work like that. No, it does. He's saying, mm-hmm. "You got the, you know, you got it backwards." Mm-hmm. So it's strange, and there'll be some resistance to this. You know, what I'm saying is difficult to understand, mm-hmm. but that's the teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, by, by, by good company, and we can get, get faith in these kind of ideas, and we can be an uttam bhakta in the sadaka stage. Hmm? Um, and uh, it means we're still under the influence of modes of nature. But that's not what the Bhagavatam is talking about, which you bring up in the sixth canto, where it speaks about bhakti in different modes of nature: bhakti in the mode of goodness, bhakti in the mode of ignorance, bhakti in the mode of passion, and I see that this is a point that's often misunderstood. And what's that talk, what that's talking about is a tamasic orientation to life, erotic orientation to life, and to bhakti. I'm doing bhakti for a tamasic ideal. Hmm? I may do bhakti, in other words, I may chant and hear, but what I want out of it is an ideal that is tamasic, or rajasic, or sattvic. Hmm? Therefore, it's important that we get the right ideal. Hmm? 
and what the ideal is, I, my ideal is, I want to do bhakti for bhakti's sake. Hmm? I want to do bhakti for all the reasons that, that I've learned that bhakti is what it is, and and even Krishna is attracted to bhakti and conquered by bhakti, and and, and so, so understanding all that, so we go over these kind of points, that's very useful, that conceptual orientation, that ideal, hmm? is what we will become. Hmm? So we may be a lowly sadhaka, but we have a high ideal. Sridhar said it in a nice way, and it, it's kind of what we're talking about, faith. Hmm? So it's often thought to be generous and appropriate to judge a person, excuse me, not by their past, but by their present. Their past may have been one thing, but their present is another thing. And we should forget the past and judge them by their present. But he said that in, in, in Chaitanya Vaishnavism, we, we don't judge a person even by their present, but by their future, which is determined by their ideal. If their ideal is Uttam Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti, hmm, that they will become. Hmm? How generous is that then? That we should be with one another. So, of course, if we see you've got the ideal wrong here, there's a problem, then we have to, you know. Correct that. The Siddhanta has its place. And, and we could say 50% right or 80% right and get, you know, 20% of very important things wrong and you won't get the ideal, hmm? um, depending how wrong they are and how, you know, how substantial those, those points are. But there are some out there that are, that were, uh, they're been fairly well misunderstood and it, it's, it's problematic for going the, the distance, the course. Hmm? And that's why books like Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu have been have been written, and it's a tome. You know, it's 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 a huge, huge text, and uh, it's worth rewriting it. And even in our times, and you know, I've had a thought to do something like that, and, and kind of a Vishwanath Chakravarti did it in his own time. His own Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu means the ocean of Bhakti Rasa. He wrote Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Bindu. Bindu means a drop a drop from the ocean of Bhakti Rasa, and he tried to condense it down into, you know, real essential aspects of it that if you had in place, you're good to go, so to speak. And there are other details that in the book that are important, but that can come just in the course of practice. But certain ones, if you don't have them in place, you won't be practicing in such a way that those other details will, 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 will readily, if at all, uh, manifest, so you could, you know, do something like that for the contemporary times as as well. It would be would be useful. Hmm? But yeah, so there are faiths and faith in different modes, and there is transcendental faith, and uh, and uh, and there is faith in in Brijananda and Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and and. Some people have faith in Krishna, but not in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What's that? Well, Krishna does says they're demons. Uh, that's a pretty strong <laughs> statement. <laughs> uh, you know, from his perspective, what does it mean? You have faith in Krishna? He's standing right in front of you, and you and you don't you don't have faith in him, and he's in the most generous form, and so forth. He, of course, gives an example that Jarasandha had faith in Vishnu because he was a follower of Varnashram, but he tried to kill Krishna. We call him a demon. Hmm? So that was his uh, his, his logic. Hmm? 
but yeah, we've been, you know, able to create somewhat of a faithful environment here, and that's a testament to your sincerity. You had a question about something I was saying? Yes, I have a question about faith and the holy name. Yeah. Yeah. You should have faith in a holy name. You should have faith that simply that when you sit and chant, that you can go somewhere. This is like you know, your passport and and uh, visa is there. You can you can you can go the whole distance. This you should think like this and sit and chant. And it's not something to get done with because you got to get it done. But it's it's should be done in such a way as this is by this. Everything will come. Everything will come. Everything I've heard, things I haven't heard, that if I heard I couldn't understand, it will all come and I'll understand it better than I could with my intellect. This possibility lies there, very distinct possibility. This kind of chanting, japa, kirtan, it's, it's, it's meant to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's golokel premodhan harinam sankir, and it's, it's come from there. To take us to that side, the wealth of of praying is coming in the form of sankirtan. So, go ahead. Yeah, it seems like uh, there are so many strategies. So many what strategies? And techniques for preaching, but yeah, which may be more or less successful at whatever level. But right, there is not enough emphasis on the holy name. So. It's like I think it's like the wrong approach to actually trying to get people to to take the devo- to devotional life mm-hmm. by just using the strategies without actually having, like you were saying, the understanding of what it is the goal, what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, you... And I don't know that there is much being said about that nowadays. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know about that. I'm not everywhere to you know evaluate what the different strategies are, of course, but. Um, but there's a very uh, central emphasis. Now that said, there may be different ways for chanting. I mean, we, we used to we were chanting in Bombay, and Prabhupada stopped the Sankirtan in Bombay. Some of you may remember that, because the people were were not appreciating it, and they were criticizing it. So, so he told us, "Stop! Don't chant in the streets. They're not appreciating it." So, but we do Kirtan still in the temple, and or anywhere we can do Kirtan. So we do Sankirtan. Sankirtan doesn't necessarily mean you have to be standing in front of the Walmart or something, you know, with two different color socks, and you know, we're here, we're saving the world, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but 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 Kirtan is 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 efficacious, most efficacious, and um, and even even Prabhupada's kind of style of Kirtan of Japa was a was an anga limb of Kirtan because he used to chant out out loud at least. For our sake, or encouraged us, and he says in his books, I and mean, the lip should move, and the sound should come out, or something like that. So, um, we we read in Chaitanya Charitamrita. If you read Chaitanya Charitamrita, Haridastaku chanted three lakhs of rounds, three hundred thousand names. Sixteen rounds is twenty-five thousand names. So he chanted a lot, um, and it's it's and and it's several times mentioned. And this is in relation to his japa, that uh, and Haridas was engaged in Sankirtan. He did his Sankirtan. He did his Sankirtan. So uh, the idea of Sankirtan sometimes, for example, in some devotees' minds, they get a stereotypical kind of idea of what is Sankirtan. It has to be done just like this. And if you do like this, everything will come magically from that. So that's not necessarily the case, and there may be many ways to apply that. And we may use 
as far as outreach goes, our intelligence to make a strategy for that. But I don't, I don't, I, th- I think personally, hmm, with regard to congregational chanting as, as a way to in, invite others to participate and so forth, that I, I think that, that there's much to be said for the, 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 the kind of the genre of, of music, for example, that, um, that, which I would call like a folk music type of, I was speaking about this last night, a genre hmm, to um, express uh, the uh, the kirtan and that it's very um, powerful and uh, I mean the traditional instruments that Mahaprabhu used in kirtan were it was part of a like folk music you know hmm? they weren't like expert musicians necessarily and it's not the classical music of India for example that he employed um, which is um, which is less participatory. Hmm? Folk music, to use the term uh, loosely, is, as I think of it, is is a very, it's a genre of music that very invites participation. It tends to be, in lyrically speaking, confessional. You're telling your heart, you're telling a story, and and, and it's uh, it's it's very um, direct and um, and uh, it, it 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 speaks about a story that. Is the story of everybody, you know, or they, can, they can relate to it, and and you're 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 revealing something about yourself and your feelings. That's kind of like, whoa, that's heavy. That's yeah, it's embarrassing. You're, you're naked. You you you've made yourself naked to the public, you know, through the music. The folk genre is, is like that, and Sankirtan is is like is is an idea, you know. Get naked, you know. It's kind of, a, you know, is what it's about. <laughs> and uh, you know, nothing to hide. We have nothing to hide here. We're, we're another name for devotee is is satam satam prasanga mamavirya samvido bhavantrit karnas ay asayana kata tadjojana dasparvarga vartmani shradharati bhakti manukramishiti satam means truthful. Hmm? Yeah, what does Bhagavad say elsewhere? Um, second stanza. Dharma projitikaita vutra paramo nirmatsaranam satam. So, kind of like brutally honest is, is kind of the approach there. To bear it all. Not, I don't mean to tolerate it, but to bear it all. Again, to get naked about it. I have nothing to hide. And. and 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 when we hear, I mean, you you, you hear, for example, some of the poetry hmm, of Nartam, of, of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. It's very confessional, and, and this is what I feel like. This is what I'm like. This is, and it's it's in, kind of embarrassing. He's saying those things, but then they think, yeah, I'm like that too. I feel like that. And so, this is the genre hmm, um, uh, of his of, of which Mahaprabhu kind of couched his uh, dispensation in, in, in Sankirtan. And I think that has a lot of power hmm? as a strategy, which is kind of the way you're, 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 you're asking about it. And uh, you know, that could be tweaked to some extent, but I would keep it in the genre. And, and of course, I, I personally like the traditional instruments. I, I think that we live in a, you know, uh, multiculturalism is a somewhat of a failed experiment, uh, but it has virtues nonetheless. 
that uh, that um, despite of it overall being somewhat of a failure, you know, everything's a failure in this world. Every strategy is a failure. It it fails on some some level. It has virtues and so forth. And and thoughtful people, like I was at the Verizon store the other day. Uh, uh, yeah, I I had a problem. <laughs> I had a problem with my iPhone, and I didn't have to go myself, but I wanted to go because I wanted to talk to another devotee along the way about different things and so forth. So anyway, and I was talking with a guy, and I like to talk to people sometimes, and uh, I have that side of me as well. And so, I don't know, he was talking, and he, he, he was a young guy, and, he, and there was this Rolling Stones were playing in the background. I was like, man, where am I? And it, it was it was uh, the famous "I can't get no satisfaction." I thought, how did we like that song? It's so like you know, it was so popular at its time. It sounds so boring to me right now. And, I mean, just from a musical point of view, so unsophisticated. And and um, now I'm thinking this and talking to the guy, and and he, somehow he said that um, he was talking about Asheville and uh, the area, you know, where I was from. I said I'm from California and so forth. And, and he said, I'm kind of a closet hippie myself. He was a young guy. I thought, a hippie? A closet hippie? That's weird. Anyway, he, uh, <laughs> we connected, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then he said, uh, he, I, again, he asked where I was from. I said, I come here, you know, about 12 weeks of the year, but I'm from California. And he said, oh, yeah, California. Said, wow, that's far away. And I said, said, you know, it's the same planet, you know. <laughs> Of course, you know, he appreciated that. He said, yeah, yeah, right on, you know, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the idea of West and East is, is a false dichotomy in, in, in today's world. Hmm? And I'm writing a book, I've written it, and it's being edited now, and in, in that I, I played out a little bit in one section, East-West dichotomy, and um, just, just very minimally, and... Um, this one particular section I was writing about Kali Yuga, and I came across a scholar who was a scholar, uh, a, a um, endologist, and one of the things that he had written about and focused on was yugas and the concept of yugas, which is you know problematic and in some respects in terms of how modern people think about the history of the world and, and for good reasons and so forth. And so I've. I have approached it in a certain way because it comes up in the text. I mean, I'm writing on Chaitanya Charitamrita. Not for a long time has he come, and now in Kali Yuga he's come. And what's Kali Yuga, and how to think about that? What is it? How, how central of a doctrine is it, or what? You know, so forth. And so, I was writing about it. So I thought I'll, I'll communicate with him, and I did. And so he asked me to send him a section of what I was writing. So I sent him a section. Anyway, he appreciated it a lot, which was uh, gratifying. Because you know, I want to write in a way that educated, rational people will appreciate what your, you know, what your tradition is and so forth, without compromising what is it is at its heart. And so, um, but anyway, in one section I had kind of an East, East thinking like this and the West like that. And he said, he made a point. I'm bringing it up to you. It's kind of a false dichotomy in these days. More as time goes on, and what could be a better example? I thought than myself. You know, people like us. We're from the West, but we're East, and you know, and and, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, it's one kind of planet, and 
and the moon's far away. California's not, you know, uh, and it's not that far away these days, and Mars and so on and so forth. So, um, given that, hmm, that um, of course there's resistance to that, you know, politically. There's pro-immigration, what is it, you know, immigration, uh, reform, naturalization, give them a break, you know, uh, or, you know, send them back. We're Americans. There's both sides there, but but uh, and for different reasons, and I'm not, you know, read up on it, but I know it's, it's an issue. Um, but I would say, overall, it, the kind of outreach that we do in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is something that's going to appeal to someone who's a little bit able to think out of the box and be a little open-minded. We're very alternative. It doesn't matter how you package it. We're very different. <laughs> uh, uh, very, very alternative. You want to bring it to the masses, you know, you got to go back and talk about vegetarianism, you know. You could skip that argument altogether and reincarnation too by talking to millions of people that already <coughs> believe in it without you having to make an effort, you know, to, to tell them about it. Hmm? And uh, there's about 30 million people in America that are like f- eastward leaning in their thinking about spirituality and... Uh, and are you know spiritual but not religious, and and about eight, eight <coughs> ten million of them are vegetarians. No, that's a pretty big audience to follow up on, so to speak. And these people are readily um, open to. In, 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 I mean, they like cultural diversity. That the, the idea that they would like to just do things like we do in the West is just like I don't get that exactly. There's not a lot of people like that, and and. And how do we do it? I mean, what is Western? You know, it's kind of like um, it's one thing for one person and one for another. So I think that this, we had a nice program last night. It was pretty nice and we chanted and, and all. And, and um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a nice way to communicate the ideas and to share the holy name as a, as a strategy. But I think, yes, in any strategy, we have to emphasize the chanting, and, and, it, and, it, and we have to emphasize it for ourselves, because our real strategy is to build a temple in our heart. Hmm. This is the strategy. Hmm. This is the plan. I told the story of one of my godbrothers actually came to visit me. I was renting in Vrindavan uh, for a little while, and um, was in a little house, was pretty much with a couple of other devotees assisting me. For some time, and the fellow heard that I was there, hiding out. And this was some years ago, and he came, and he, and he had this plan, and his plan was big. I've told the story before to some of you, but he had a plan, and he wanted to run it by me. And it was he was going to make a, a Disneyland in Vrindavan of Krishna's pastimes. And if this is, here you enter into Agasura's mouth, and he closes it. And, you know, and all these, it was a huge, I mean, multi-media uh, and dollar, you know, program. It was just like the Epcot Center of Krishna Consciousness in Vrindavan. And I didn't, personally, I didn't like the idea at all. I thought it's just, you know, let's just have some quiet places where we can sit here under trees and, and chant. You know, that would be, that would be, bigger things could come from that, you know. So I... I said, that's a big plan, <laughs> Prabhu. I mean, that's a big plan. I said, I don't have big plans like that. That's, that's, I don't, I, more power to you. But, 
my plan is smaller. <laughs> I said, I'm trying to build one temple in one heart, and it's mine. That's what I'm trying to do. And he understood what I was saying, and he, he, he threw his plans out. He said, yeah, you're right about that. That's, the, that's a big plan. That's a much harder plan. So it's easy for us to be busy hmm, about things, and, and even in the name of outreach, to be busy and, and neglect the inward reach that really qualifies us hmm, to out, outreach. You can only, you know, give what you have. So hmm. it's not that everybody's chanting is the same, everybody's speaking is the same. As, as much as we have a clean heart and we can have power to to change the lives of people. We don't, we don't, we don't want to just spin their heads around, which we can do and keep our own heads spinning around with ideas and thoughts. We want them to go into the heart and, and change us and so forth. That, that, that without, that we are a, 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 a vehicle of outreach just by how we live our lives and so forth. This is most important. This is our real strategy and I know you do that strategy. You chant Japa very seriously and that everybody should follow the good example of Rudrani in that regard. She's, she's very, very uh, diligent about that, and uh, and of course, as as should be, it's very. And you should sit, as I say, and think that by by chanting, what what possibilities lie there, and uh, and this should be the thing that, that, like I say, the seasons come and go, thoughts in the mind come and go. Matraspasas to kunte asituishna dukudukudukudana agamapaino nityastam sutikshashva bharata. So you, you know, it doesn't matter if it's winter, summer, spring, or fall. You got to eat. You got to work. You got to do things. Hmm? You don't get derailed from those things because now it's winter, now it's summer. I, I can't eat. So we should have our practice like this. You don't get derailed from your practice, no matter what the changing scenery is that appears in the mind of thoughts, desires. Hmm? You don't get derailed. Hmm? You tolerate that. It's going to go away if. It's going to go away. You can only tolerate it if you're doing something that's going to make it go away. And largely ignoring people makes them go away. It was what my strategy always when we would we would sell books and some Christian guy would come, you know, and you know, heckle us and say, "I'm not the Bible." And you'd be talking to somebody. They're not selling the Bible. They think God is blue, you know. And uh, okay, you know. And so the, the last thing you want to do is talk to the guy, you know, that, that's, he's ready to go, you know. So you just ignore him, and then they, they go away. <laughs> so it is with so many thoughts. All those people, those foreigners that have taken residence in their heart, hmm? they don't belong there. And one, and, and meanwhile, I've, I've compared it also to like multi-corporations have set up there shop in the heart with neon signs and everything and they got they're tracking your every you know you thought about that what is this like you know it's almost like that you had a thought I, maybe i'll google this and the next thing you know you're getting you know you're getting advertisements for that it's like mystical work you know so so it's something like that and they've got the complete control of the heart, that every desire is being monitored and, f and flourished, you know, fed, nour nourished, and embellished, and and try it, go for it, you know, you, you can have it. It only costs this much, and 
So, you know, how you will deal with that? And, and Krishna, Nam, is gone and he entered there. What has he done? He set up a shop. He's selling brooms, you know. Who wants a friggin' broom? You know, you could have, you know, so many things. And, and that's what he's selling, brooms. And he's, you know, out there as a sweeper. Hmm? Give him a little space, though. Give him, give him an inch, he'll take a mile, something like that. This is Krishna Nam. Hmm? It can close down all the shop. What he's giving out is free. Which is suspicious. <laughs> it's free. It must not be very good. Then, you know, that's what we've we've learned uh, in, in the material world. But it's not true. Hmm? Krishna is, is is it's free if he if he wants to give it. It's not free to get on your own. If he wants to give, and he does. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, hmm? which is kind of a in a sense, a byproduct of his, um, uh, uh, what he constitutes, Krishna's pursuit of himself, to see himself in the way that, to see him for what he's really like. He cannot see what he's really like. This is the conclusion of Krishna. I cannot see what I'm really like. I know I am all attractive. I understand that about myself. Hmm? But there are things in me, hmm? that make me so that I can't understand. I can understand certain things about myself that make me attractive, but the full measure of my attractiveness, I cannot glimpse, I cannot understand it. That is what Radha has. She is not better than me. I am the perfect object of love, in that sense. She is not the perfect object of love. I am. I thought I was. But I'm attracted to her. Hmm? And what am I attracted to? When I study her love, I see that it's me that's driving her. Hmm? But it drives her in a way that I'm not driven. And, and, I, and that's amazing. So she knows me better than myself. So to know Krishna means you, know, you have to go by bhakti. Hmm? By bhakti. There's a little radha in every... Devotee, you can know Krishna in a way that, and that Chaitanya was this, this trying to, is Krishna trying to, to understand himself, from Radha's perspective, hmm? just how extraordinary, um, he 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 is. Hmm? So all and all this is found, in the chanting of the Hare Krishna. This is what Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is about. Hmm? It's about this. These two, are trying to become one. Hmm? That's what love is about. Two, they try to become one. There's one, the one becomes two. So, as I said last night, we have a thesis, we have a Hegelian antithesis, antithesis. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the synthesis. Hmm? Because Radha and Krishna becoming two, oh, why don't they just become one, go back to Krishna? No, that's once they become two, there's no going back to one. Hmm? Now a prospect has come before Krishna's life that wasn't there previously. Of course, these things don't happen in time, but... Hmm? His sarup shakti, this inheritance in him, is manifest outside as a person. Hmm? And it's attracting him. Hmm? And it's experiencing something in him that he can't experience that 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 makes his him being Rasaraj kind of a sham, limited. Hmm? So he has to go there. Hmm? And of course she wants to unite with him. The two want to unite. Hmm? But that unification isn't the collapse of the expanse 
of Radha and Krishna. That's a dynamic explosion. The two want to become one. The problem with it, of course, is that in the confusion, hmm, this is the end of Ramana Sambhadak, the confusion is that the two become one, and the one Radha thinks I'm Krishna, and Krishna thinks I'm Radha. So the problem remains. There's two. They wanted to become one in love. So the thing, the synthesis is we need a third, third thing, third manifestation. That is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. You can't estimate what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And course, then that phenomenon that we call Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has a byproduct of this dissemination, this outreach, this it's just going going everywhere, touching us. It's a very touching idea. I mean, these are very, you know, esoteric points, but they're just so interesting and compelling that, that and they just they just turn the religious world kind of up, upside down, that, that it's really worth sharing them. Um, I know it's good to talk, you know, well, let's talk about you know something a little lower because that's what really works for me. You know, my relative just died, and it's a problem. How do I deal with that? And I, you know, I don't feel enthused to chant my rounds or something. I mean, we need a minister on that level too, but but not at the cost of of these extraordinary ideas that are really why we're involved. What at the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnavism has been trying to put them in the common language. It can change the whole religious horizon what uh, it's 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 very uh it's very revolutionary and very human um um kind of centric if you will very very human um, very friendly to our human um condition and experience not uh, really foreign it's it's uh just a a change of the the center hmm? if you will. I mean, it's full of all human emotions, properly centered. So anyway, these are, these things can create faith, these such, such, such discussions. And, um, and this is the way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this was his strategy, right? I mean, he was deeply absorbed and it came out externally. So the more we can go internally, the more we can effectively um, have a, a contagious effect upon upon others. That's our only real strategy. I'll tell you frankly, that was my strategy. I was very much known for book distribution in Prabhupada's mission. Prabhupada called me the incarnation of book distribution, which nobody could figure out. Tamal Krishnamarsh told me, he thought, does that mean you're an avatar? <laughs> I said, I interpreted it a little differently. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> In those days, you know, we didn't know very much, and Prabhupada would say something, and there you go, you know, whatever. I guess he's an amateur, you know. I just thought Prabhupada was very, you know, generous, and and I think I'm right about that. I mean, he was, but um, but this is always my strategy. My strategy was to go back to Godhead. <laughs> that was my strategy. I never ever lost sight of that. This is all. This is all about. It's all about internal development, and growing. Spiritually, it's 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 not about anything else. And and when I became known to Prabhupada by Ramasar's grace, who wrote to Prabhupada about me, he's selling so many books, you know, um, known in that way. I mean, he knew all of us and he loved all of us. And 
and um, knew us better than we knew ourselves, but another level of, of knowing. Um, then Prabhupada wrote back, and he says, very nice that Tripari Das is selling so many books. And then in his own handwriting at the bottom, he said, please make sure that he's always reading them also. <laughs> so it's very nice in, instruction. And it, it wasn't hard to take, because I was you know, fond of that, devouring the, the literature. And like Pranada and I were talking, and she said she joined when the first, fourth canto came out. And uh, about that time, and and so she was like waiting for the volume two, you know, volume three. You were, you were like that. It was like, wow, what's next, you know? And it's a very extraordinary <laughs> world that the book uh, invites us into. Hmm? And um, and that was really how the strategy. And it was probably was bombarding us in such a way with with literature that was to be taken in, imbibed, and read. And if you read it, you're like, well, this is worth talking about. You know, this is worth, like, sharing. And you, it became contagious. So he created an environment like that. But there was so much coming down, so much insight about Krishna consciousness. But we were nourished in such a way that the sharing of it just became second nature. Hmm? I mean, I would carry a book like that, and I would think, I think, man, like, What's this going to do to somebody? You know, if I just like, touch him with this thing, you know, you know? <laughs> and probably would say, thing, just touch him with the book." You know, I'd say, "Excuse me, can you hold this for a second? You know? you know, tie my shoe and get up and say, "That's pretty cool. What are you Thanks for holding that." And you know, let me open it for you. You know, whatever. I had my ways, of course. You know, and and. Uh, and I mean, that's how I felt. I was like, you know, I'll share this with somebody. This is this is so extraordinary. Um, and I also thought, I don't know how they're going to understand it, because I, you know, it's like this is the Adi Leela of you know Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's like you know, 400 pages this thick, and it's like, you know, how do you? But you know, we were we were had faith in. Huh? We had a lot of faith in distributing it. But we were point is that we were being nourished. Hmm? Within and um, this is, this is the, really the, the business of the guru to, to nourish us, to speak, to to give us uh, a lot to think about. There's no time to think about anything else. Did you hear that class? What are they saying? How do I think about that? That kind of thing, you know, has to so to come away from it, and and then naturally we it's contagious. Hmm? So this this is the strategy. Hmm? And that was always my strategy when we first started our. Uh, uh, airport book distribution party. It was a whole different phase, and uh, and I was uh, it was my idea actually um, to start this party, and I would have devotees come from different temples, and they would be trained by me, and then go back to their temples, and we would go to all the airports and so forth. Um, and I and I because I remember it, it, I wasn't the first one to go to an airport. We had heard it. I think Gopavrindapal had tried to go to the airport in Denver and got kicked out. And I thought airports, hey, that'd be cool. You know, you stand in one place and the books could go. You know, it's all over the world type thing. So we went myself, Lula Shakti, um, and, and disguised, carrying suitcases around, trying it out. You know, it became a thing anyway. Eventually, we formed the party that was. You know, just for that purpose, and I was—I am not a manager or an organizer. I have no uh, any education. I never held a job. Um, 
I tried to be a caddy when I was a kid once for it. It was just terrible working for those guys. <laughs> for five bucks at the end of 18 holes, I couldn't do that. You had to get up at four in the morning to get there to get picked. So I wasn't, you know, I had no, I have no real practical worldly experience. And I really mean that. And I really feel, I, when I joined the movement, I thought I was so, it was such a great mission and I was so unqualified. I thought other people had so much more qualification. And that's why I did book distribution. I thought, well, I could, at least I could talk to people about this because I like it. So and that's what was my motivation. So I would just go out and, and talk to people about it. Hmm? And, um, but anyway, when I started the, this party, I thought, uh, you know, it was only like I had like, four people in the party. I thought, how am I going to manage four people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to keep track of the money and stuff? And, you know, one of them was, was, had accounting skills, so you know, it was good, but not that it took much. But, but I thought, we'll manage it like this. We'll, we'll sit and read the books. Hmm? We'll go to the program in the morning. We'll read the books. We'll get inspired. We'll go out, you know? And this will this will guide us. And that's what we did. We, we read on the way in the back in the van and at lunch, and we were, and we would take off. Um, the way I started, we would uh, we take two days off a week, and we would go to every artique and read something from every book that probably had written. This would be the nectar devotion time. This would be the Chaitanya Charitamrita time. This would be the Pavita. This would be the Gita time. And that's what we did. I thought that's how we'll be you know, successful. It was very kind of naive in a way. Uh, for as far as the strategy goes, it was, but it worked. And it, it, was, it was spiritual, yeah. So, and it was very much about being Krishna conscious, becoming Krishna conscious, and uh, oneself. And, and that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also uh, is about, in a sense, with that regard to outreach. His whole strategy was that um, by example we can teach. Hmm? And there's and there really truly is no other way to teach Gaudiya Vaishnavism than by example. And there's no way to understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism except to experience it. You can't Prem the character one of the characteristics of Prem is it is not understandable. It's a very strong, strong point of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It is not understandable. That's why even Ramananda, at the end of the, his conversation with Mahaprabhu, says, I can say something, but I don't know if it's understandable, if you will agree with it. The point he's making there is, I'm going to talk about something that's not understandable. How can you do that? How can you talk about something that's not understandable? You can only talk about it in such a way that someone will be compelled to do the things by which it can be understood, really enter into practice and and... Only by attaining prem can you understand it. It's, it's, it it's, this is a very, very pow- very important and uh, central point to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Prem cannot be understood hmm, except by experience. You have to go there, and there there's ways to go there. And so it, it's a, and, and this is interesting. How in Ramananda Samvad you reach a point where Mahaprabhu says, we're getting somewhere now. Okay, just listen, hear from, as I started earlier, hear from the authorities, saints, and so forth, and and, and it, like, move in a different way than you've been accustomed, hmm? rather than by acquisition, by effort, in a backwards way. Hmm? 
he starts like this. This is where Mahaprabhu says, okay, this is good. Let's go now improve on this. Go develop this idea. Gyan Shunya Bhakti. Hmm? Gyan Shunya Bhakti means it's this intellect is not the way. You'll never know by intellect. We often talk about controlling the mind and senses, but you have to control your intellect too. You could be a plaything in the hands of your intellect only. Hmm? Yeah. Everything will be lost by that. Hmm? Yeah. So it's a kind of anti-intellectual in, in, a, in a sense. I mean, we like close down the intellect. Let faith. Intellect is beautiful when it becomes subordinate to faith. Hmm? Becomes an ornament of faith. That's a very backwards way, also of thinking. But anyway, my point here is that uh, in, in, this is where Mahaprabhu said we're getting somewhere. Hmm? Yeah, kind of uh, uh, a, a bashing. The Bhagavatam gives a good bashing of the of the intellect of the, of the, the the tendency to think I can capture it in my intellect, and I've arrived there. It's a, it's a, it's a sleight of hand. Actually, you've been deceived. Hmm? By that, you haven't arrived there. Not that knowing theory is not good; it is good, and should be. It's as good as it helps us to practice. It's as bad as 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 we think. I've gone somewhere without practice, and I know something, and, and uh, as a result of acquiring some theoretical knowledge. But this point in Chaitanya in the Ramanand Summit is very powerful, and it corresponds with the end in a sense. Sadhushudo money. This is the crown jewel of all goals. That praying cannot be understood. Hmm? Tell me about the goal of life. Well, that's something that cannot be understood, is basically what he's saying. That's something that cannot be understood. But there are some things you could do by which you could know it in a way that that is beyond ordinary knowing. Hmm? Um, I mean, we could say, and I do sometimes, it's true about the self, even consciousness in general, but what to speak of Prem? Prem is is plumbing the depths of the possibilities in the subjective world. Hmm? That's way off our our map. So, so to share that idea, you know, it, it's it's we'll be as successful in that as we've as we've we've gone there and tasted and experienced. So this is our strategy, hmm? and it includes very uh, effort to 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 chant the name with attention, make the mind like a candle in a windless place. Hmm? This is the Gita says this. These are good advices for us. Hmm? Like the candle in a windless place. Wind is the thoughts going. Hmm? <coughs> so you do your job, you can do your job like this. This is very elementary, of course, but you, you just think of the candle, you know. <laughs> Actually, the name is the candle, the flame. This name is the flame. Hmm? And don't let it get blown out. Hmm? It's a little windy today, uh, you know. But I've got to keep this candle going. So you chant and and uh, you think of the, the flame is that this is illuminating. The name is, is luminous in itself. It illuminate everything. My heart and all things would be known by this. And these thoughts are just getting in the way. They have they, they go nowhere. They come from nowhere and they go nowhere. Hmm? It's a fact. They come from nowhere, they go from nowhere. They come from, they're weeds just growing, they have no value. Hmm? Yeah. And the soul itself comes from a different soil altogether. Hmm? You see, to be successful in chanting, you have to come 
to Advaigyan Tattva, Bhajan, hmm? inner life. Hmm? This is performed on the platform of Advaigyan Tattva. That means beyond the dualities of the world. Hmm? And you can carry dualities. That's also interesting. You can carry dualities. You have preferences. You have likes and dislikes. Hmm? When we say Advaigyan Tattva, we're speaking in the Bhakti context. What does it mean? Does it mean that Gita says, well, one of these gold and and a stone as equal. Hmm? Gold and iron is equal. Now, if you brought me a piece of iron and a piece of gold, I'd pick the gold. <laughs> Why? Because it has value to other people. <laughs> because it has value to other people. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> but, besides that, when Gita said... When the Gita says, hmm? when, and then, when, when, when the Gita says that, for, this is very basic, of course, you know, good, bad, happy, sad, you know, it's all equal. These are just mental judgments that we place on the environment and so forth. Um, uh, this is all, in one sense, this is the be all and the end all of the Gyan Marg. So the Bhakti Marg is different. It has that, but it's but in a different way. It means to say you can carry your preferences. You have mental preferences. You like bananas and, and another likes mangoes, you know. The preferences remain, but the, the, the center is different. So this is it. So, like I said before, there's the building is there. We don't need to tear the building down. We just need to change the foundation. Small adjustment. But what's better? Tear the whole building down or could we just like, maybe we could jack it up and all that work, you know, that whole building, you know, just jack it up and then put the different foundation in, something like that. It's a task, but <coughs> it's shorter and less expensive than building the whole building all over again. Hmm? And so that means that our preferences even carry, they can even, even be carried. It's amazing. I mean, they come from there in a sense and carried to there. No. In Leela, there are different desires. Nimitamatram babasabhi sachin. This is means to become an instrument of God. That is one thing. In this world, become an instrument of God, to do the work of God. That is one thing. That's not the full idea of, of, of Prem. In Prem, they have so many desires. Jiva has will. Srup Shakti facilitates the will. And in the context of the Sarup Shakti, the, the dream of God that is his Leela, how things work there. Hmm? I mean, we are living in a dream of God. That we have to think, you know. <laughs> we think everyone's living in our dream, but we're inside of somebody else's dream. That's where we are. Hmm? That's how your what your existence is about. And you think, whoa, I'm a dependent entity. Hmm? It's a good meditation. I am part of God's dream. That makes me like really feel dependent. Hmm? That's a fact. That's what Jivera Surupoi Nitya Krishna Das means. It means we are dependent entities. Hmm? The Dharma of the Self. Hmm? You think about it, it means it kind of means like, well, I could like just disappear if you just change the dream. Hmm? Now, the nature of the dream is such that that's not going to happen, but Bhakti Nodakra says it's possible. 
if he wanted to eradicate the jiva, he could. He won't, he doesn't, but... So, in living inside the parameters of the dream, hmm, that is the, this is the, this is the uh, kind of the, the daydream, I would say. The Leela is the daydream, and the, this material world is like the one that's asleep when he goes to sleep. So in daydreaming, you want to do so many things. And, and then, for Krishna, of course, they all happen. Hmm? So in that world, then, there are room for, within the parameters of rasa there are room for desires. And all those are pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? The individual devotees have different temperaments, dispositions, and different uh, likes, and Krishna likes everything about them. Hmm? They're not just automatons, just... It's not just one will, in a sense. Hmm? Krishna's will, and everybody just executing it. No, they actually have wills. The, unit, the jiva is a unit of will. The maya shakti tends to to cover the fact that we have free will. So the more we absorb ourselves in the external world, in the objective world, under the influence of maya shakti, the, the fact we start to reason, if we think about it, maybe we don't have any will. Hmm? We become more and more like matter. Hmm? But the Swarup Shakti facilitates the, what the jiva is constituted of, hmm? and in a wholesome way. Hmm? It has the capacity, that means, to be a person. And a person means desires. In order to be a person, you have to have an environment. Hmm? We are presently in a material environment, and we, the Atma, have an interface for the material environment, a subtle and a gross one called the mind and the brain. We interface with the world. Hmm? And so then there are different possibilities and there are choices and we're different. Hmm? So you change the interface to bhakti. Bhakti is the interface for the world of Krishna Lila. And then there are choices within that. And, and, and they're all pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? And so I'm saying that there can be likes and dislikes. And Gyanmar, you can't be, there's no room for that. You understand? You got it. The stone and gold are the same. The same. And pursue that and go to Nirvishesh Brahma. There are no differences. Hmm? Differences are bad. Hmm? Differences get in the way of unity. What about that unity and diversity together? These are like contradictory concepts, but but that but this is the this is the real world. This is a true reading of the environment. Hmm? We pine for unity and difference at the same time. That's a fact. You want a relationship and you want your own space once you're in it, at least from time to time. Hmm? And this is, this, is, this, is the, this is what Mahaprabhu said, because many philosophers, Vedantists, have tried to you know, put this all together in words, articulate it. And each one is citing on difference or unity or sometimes <coughs> unity and sometimes difference. Both are there. Difference is an illusion. This is a Shankar. Difference is an illusion. There is no difference. Hmm? Just an appearance. We're going to do away with the difference. <sighs> That's good because it was troubling. Hmm? We were different and we were, at, we were struggling with one another. It's his solution. Ramanuja says, there's, there's oneness, but it's qualified. Vishisht Advaita. Then Madhva comes in. Dvaita. It's different. He's doing away with oneness. Hmm? Practically. And it's just difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nibarkis, they, they, they come, well, there's oneness sometimes, and sometimes there's difference. Mm-hmm. They're coming in, 
Sometimes they're different, sometimes they're unity. Hmm? Mahaprabhu says, well, let's just you know, stop skirting around the issue. I know it doesn't make any sense, but there's unity and difference at the same time. And they're interpenetrating one another. But that doesn't make any sense. But that's the Achinti Shakti of Bhagavan. Hmm? He has inconceivable power. Hmm? We see that's what's happening. We're trying to explain it away. <laughs> you see? To make sense. That's why, that's what as it is means in Prabhupada's language. That's what as it is means. Hmm? We are, we're not trying to intellectualize away what seems to be contradictory. We're reconciling the reality of the, of the apparent contradiction on the basis of our confidence and proper reading of the scriptures that leads us to conclude God has inconceivable shaktis. Hmm? Hmm. So it's it's just a, it's just as it is. We'll take we'll take it like that. Hmm? Therefore, he thought they don't need need for a commentary on the on 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 the sutras. Hmm? Of course, the Bhagavatam is already there. This is also his argument. But if you study the Bhagavatam, that's what it's saying. Krishna is everywhere, and he's one place at the same time. Hmm? Mother Soda is trying to tie him up, and every rope that she gets is too short. Two inches too short, two inches too short. She's in a cowherd village. It's said that cowherds, when they have nothing to do, they make rope. Hmm? <laughs> it's very useful hmm? for that occupation. So the, all the rope of Vrindavan was supplied. It was still two inches short. But Krishna's not getting fatter and fatter and fatter with other, you know, he's just staying the same size. He's described as medium size. Medium size means, well, on the one end of the spectrum is infinite, the other end of the spectrum is infinitesimal. Hmm? He's medium. You know. <laughs> and the Gita says this also. He's medium size. That's inconceivable. Hmm? So the, the teaching is that, 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 that the, all the ropes coming means he's, he's, his form is everywhere. We think that Brahman is everywhere. That's true too. But his form is everywhere. Right? There are ideas like this, like, like the, 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 like the, it's said in the Gita, Jagadavyakta Murtina. Jagadavyakta, by my manifest form, uh, the, the whole world is, is contained within me. There are different ways in which this is thought about. But this is one way. The form of Krishna, everything's in the form of Krishna. We are, there's, there, there's reality as a person. It's just not us. Hmm. We're part of that person. Hmm. This is very interesting. <laughs> and so this is the Leela is saying, this is one example, it's throughout the whole Bhagavatam, the Leelas are speaking this Vedabed, Achinti Vedabed concept. Hmm? So he's imminent, he's transcendent at the same time, and, and this, this, this applies on, on, in everyday life. Vedabed. Hmm? So it's a reading of the world that just seems, that doesn't make sense, so you try to make sense out of it. He's saying don't make sense out of it. Mm. Again, it's a retiring of an appropriate retirement, a well-reasoned, I want to say, retiring of reason. Mm. A very well-reasoned retiring of, of, of reason that it, it has its limits, it goes so far, and, and let it go and fly much higher mm. than you could have under its influence and guidance. And that's what faith is about. Mm. 
it's a vehicle for going the places that reason doesn't take us. Although reason will also bring us faith, hmm? experience, we reason, when we see something and do it, and it brings faith. Hmm? Hmm? We can't do everything. We can't prove everything. <laughs> On some level, it would appear that, that reason, that faith follows reason. Hmm? But there's a point where our faith is that reason has its limits, and there's a knowing that um, that, that, that transcends the, the the jurisdiction of reason. And we can talk about it again, but it's, it's difficult to put in practice. Hmm? So faith, faith is the vehicle. And if we try to go with intelligence, we'll be sent back, we'll be repelled. Hmm? That means what will happen. If you try to go with your intelligence, Krishna will start to disappear. Hmm? You have to use your intelligence hmm, to a point. When you overuse it, Krishna starts to disappear. Hmm? Somebody asked me, do you really think that Krishna was like an Indian like cultural figure? I said, what, do you think that Mother Yasoda thought, oh my God, somebody from another planet has just been born from me. Oh my God. No, she didn't think like that. She thought, he's one of us. Yeah. He's just like that. Yeah, he, he, he's very human-like. And again, it's one planet. Why think India? It's just, he's part of the planet. All right. <laughs> we're part of it too. We do it a little different here and there, but it's, we're all really eating, sleeping, and doing the same thing. Obviously, Krishna Leela transcends cultural um, uh, barriers and limitations and so on and so forth. But then again, what do you think the spiritual world is like? Somebody spoke of a of a of a of a of a um, what did he say? He said a, a eternal ethnicity. Someone spoke about an eternal ethnicity. I said, "What's that? What's that eternal ethnicity? What is it? Is it Nirvishesh Brahma? That's no ethnicity." So what? What is? What is the, what are we going to make up something that's wholly different than anything we, ethnicity? That, that why? Hmm? This is the cause. This is the effect. Hmm? It has, it corresponds with the cause. The effect comes out of the cause. Right? This is a very basic teaching of Vedanta. Hmm? The effect lies in the cause. It comes out of the cause. I mean, the Jesus, he said something like that. Man and woman are made in the image of Radha and Krishna. <laughs> That's what he meant. I mean, you, know, you need a purport for everything. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there are, there are, uh, there's, there's, there's no reason to think that if they're spiritual worlds, hmm, they're entirely different than the material world. I mean, Vaikuntha is different. It's different. That's true. But the Goloka is, is thought to be aprakrita, similar. Hmm? 
and, 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 and according to the Dharma, how you practice and so forth. Hmm? Yeah, why not? This is the teaching of Gita. Yajatamam papadyante tam tataiva As they approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. So, they're archangels, why not? Hmm? As the Catholics or whatever describe it, you know, with some specificity. Hmm? If it's ego-effacing, hmm, and one crosses a divide, hmm, from identifying with conscious matter to understanding I'm consciousness, I mean experientially, then, how you do that, hmm, that will determine something about the nature of the experience. That, And that's what we say, that's what we teach. They're brought from Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdite. What is the teaching of this in the Bhagavatam? This is one way of saying what I'm saying. There's Brahman, that's God. There's Paramatma, that's God. There is... Bhagavan, that's God. You mean there are three gods? No, but they're all different. Very different. How can you say Brahman is Bhagwan? There's nothing you can say about Brahman, and you can't ever say enough about Bhagwan. <laughs> Brahman doesn't move, and Bhagwan's moving. Brahman has no qualities, no 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 no, no activities. No form. Hmm? All three. All Advaigyan Tattva. They're all one. Hmm? What are they different about? What's different about? They are different faces of the Absolute that, in one sense, are determined by or experienced by different approaches. Hmm? Now, you have to look at the diversity here. It's, it's huge. The diversity between Brahman and Bhagwan is huge. Hmm. It's saying hmm, how you go there, and if you go there, it means it has to be ego-effacing. You have to cross the divide from matter to consciousness. That's the ground. Now you're on your own soil, hmm, soil of the self, where there are unlimited possibilities. How you go there, your sadhana, determines the sadhya. This is a very prominent teaching of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The sadhana determines the sadhya. So as long as your sadhana involves ego-effacing, hmm, and and you know it's coming from this side, you know it's grace oriented, so then that will determine something about the nature of your experience. There's no reason to to to, to narrowly interpret this, for example, statement of the Gita. As people approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. Me means I'm I'm consciousness, not matter. Okay, that's the basic idea. And then from there, I have many faces. How many avatars are there? What's the Bhagavatam teach? Noah, do you know? As many avatars as there are ripples in the water. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Asankhya means uncountable. Hmm? Don't think there. Thinking means to count, to calculate, to contain it. No. Unlimited. So. Now, if you like Krishna, well... You know, there's good reason for that, and and that way of thinking about God is very interesting and very uh, it's very specific actually, and uh, and it uh, it's a way that we don't find other traditions speaking about to the same extent. I told a story the other day of how um, a person, a Catholic nun in Poland, hmm, took uh, the the devotees to court. 
because they were teaching that God had 16,108 wives. Hmm. She didn't know that he had lovers on the side as well. <laughs> I mean, that might have bolstered her case, but... Uh, and so she said, how can we teach this, you know, in our country, you know, or any country? I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, their God has got 16,108 wives. This is just... Polygamy is illegal. Hmm? We're going to worship somebody that's breaking the law? You know, this is a real story. So she took them to court. Hmm? It's a Catholic nun. And so the devotees side, I guess through the attorney, or I don't know how the, how the Polish legal system works, but had her on the stand and said, can you please tell us what is the vow of the nuns? You're a nun. Can you tell us what your vow is? And then she was. She knew she was trapped there, so she she tried to get around it. And they said, "Well, is the is not your vow, you know, that you have vowed to become the bride of Christ?" Hmm? So she had to admit. And then he said, "And how many nuns are there in the world? <laughs> <laughs> are there sixteen thousand? Are there you know about sixteen you know million or whatever?" You know? So the case was dropped, and defeated. Hmm? Mr. Krishna was very insightful, huh? Yeah, it wasn't this one that was on trial. It was the Chaitanya mission. Yeah, well, Gaudiya Vaishnavism was on trial. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, but he acted as an attorney. Uh huh. He's passed on, but he was right. really incredible in that, in that case. Very famous. But that, that man is still there. She's mentally insane. Still complaining. <laughs> She's still creating all sorts of problems. I see. Uh, anyway. Mostly for herself. Next life she'll become devotee. Yeah, preoccupied. <laughs> preoccupied with That's the devotees. Yeah. But all possibilities lie, I mean, within within certain parameters is the, is, is, the, is the teaching. And what will the spiritual world be like? I mean, you're either going to have... I mean. Well, you're going to have Nirvishesh Brahma, or there's going to be some variety. If there's going to be variety, then there can be people. There can be individuals if there's variety. Without variety, there can't be individuals. Hmm? There's no difference. So there's going to be differences, and, and according to the interface, you know, the measure of your bhakti will determine. Hmm? And so, therefore, we even Vaikuntha is kind of like this world. It's different, but, but Prajalok, this is very much like the world. Therefore, it's very much the cause, you see, because the effect. Krishna, this is another way of understanding Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, because the, co the effect comes from the cause. The effect here of the world is a little different from Vaikuntara similarities, but, you know, it's not as good of a match as Prajalila of Krishna hmm? and, and human pursuit of love and so forth. This is a real fit. Hmm? So you can know that's the cause. This is where everything coming from. Hmm? Yes? This question just came to mind. Why is it um, that Vaikuntha is less of a fit than, than Braj is to the material world? I mean, it, 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 it's not as high and, it's, and it appears to be somewhat different. So, uh, yeah. what, so what is philosophically the, the reason that, in a sense, the, the, that place which is maybe closer 
in to 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 the material world in the sense that it isn't as elevated as 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 Brudge. It appears more different, and Brudge appears more alike. Yeah, because because the cause is more like the like the effect. Hmm? So. Because the whole, because if then you're going to, you're finding things in the material world that aren't in Vaikuntha. You're finding things in human society that aren't in. in there's no parakya in Vaikuntha, but it's all over the place here. Just hmm? give a crude, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> give a crude example. Hmm? So, so if 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 you if you, you you can't have anything in the effect that's not in the cause, hmm? in some form. You can say it's kind of in Vaikuntha that love is there and is pure, but you know certain things are. But Krishna is Rasaraj, so or everything there. Hmm? So he, this is the reasoning of the Goswamis. That's why it's the cause. He's why I'm Bhagwan. Hmm? So, so the Aisvarya element just limits limits the ability for for having every every effect. That's, that's, in, in the sense that yeah. there's no there, there's no. There's no sakya, there's no vatsalya. There's no deviations, there's no imperfections, there's no, it has to be perfect. And unlike Braj, which may not be... Yeah, it's wabi-sabi. That's a Japanese idea. (laughs) Krishna's very wabi-sabi. It's a perfection and an imperfection. Hmm? Krishna's Leela appears to be imperfect. Hmm? That's just, that's saying something. There's perfection and imperfection. We want to be perfect. That's a problem. <laughs> you want to be perfect. That's a problem. You have to give that up. What? I give up. That's very, very confusing, no doubt. But, but yeah, I mean, another way to put it: there's, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no motherhood in Vaikuntha. Parky was a little radical. With there's no motherhood there. Hmm? There's no friends there. Oh, okay. Well, are these things just aberrations? Then they have no place. Distortions? No. They're found in the cause in Golok. Hmm? So there's every reason to believe that the diversity of the spiritual world has some correspondence with what we experience as a diversity here. This is just what is this? This just completely fabricated out of nothing. No, it's connected to something. Mm. Mm. So you have to talk about this in such a way that it's, it, you, you, it's, the problem is you sort of think this is secular, sectarian. I'm talking about you know just confining it culturally. I want to expand it and so forth. But you can throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, in doing that. Mm. Anyway, it's a small point. Yes. Brahman, Paramatma, say it, Brahman, Brahman, Paramatma, Paramatma, and Bhagwan. Bhagwan. Okay, so Brahman means thou qualities, just Brahman, consciousness. Near Vishesh, near, without Vishesh, without differentiation. Paramatma means there's some differentiation, there's there's God and there's, there's me, but there's a difference between us, like... I could just sit and look at them and that would be enough. That's Shantarasa. And that he moves and has different qualities, that's that's not an issue for me. That's not a concern for me. 
And then Bhagwan means like God with pastimes. And he, the fact that he moves and has different qualities becomes the preoccupation of the devotee. So the jnani wants to attain Brahman, the yogi wants to attain Paramatma, and the devotee wants to attain Bhakti and Bhagwan. His means is Bhakti, and his ideal is Bhagwan. So your question? Um, Noah and I were watching um, a political comedian's documentary on trying to find who God was. He went through every religion, trying to... Yeah, Except ours. And um, he got to the one part where he was talking to the guy that played Jesus in this Jesus theme park, whatever, and he says, I don't understand how it can be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, all three, kind of like what we're talking about here. He says, well, it's just like water. Water can be a liquid, water can Steam. be a solid, and water can be a vapor. Yeah. So that's another way to kind of... That example is sometimes used by Godia people, too. Mm -hmm. hmm? Well, it's nice that, nice that you bring that up. That's very useful. Didn't help Bill too much, huh? <laughs> he said it stopped him in his tracks, but he said, but after you think about it a minute, it doesn't make any sense, and then you actually just... <laughs> Neither does he, unfortunately. Not, they're not a very well thought out person. But there's nothing like people who are not very well thought out who think they're really well thought out. It's the material disease. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very nice sitting with all of you. You're a very friendly group, and uh, there's some interesting thoughts to, you know, to contemplate. So then tomorrow we'll, we'll get together at, at Mahara's temple, right? right? What time is that program? It starts at 1. 1. Starts at 1 and goes on and on, huh? Okay. What, it starts with Kirtan? And, uh, some and then there'll be Initiation. feast and so forth. Very good. Well, I'm very honored to be here for that. And um, hope to see you then. Yeah. See, see, Radha Gumbhaki died. Thank you.